Hey, it's Greg Stanley. If you're listening to this podcast, you know I love everything automotive. This passion has expanded to include being a car specialist consultant for RM Sotheby's. So if you need assistance buying or consigning a collector car at any one of our online or live auctions, including Scottsdale, Amelia Island, or Monterey, you can reach one of our car specialists at rmsotheby's.com or you can email me directly at gstanley at rmsotheby's.com. This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas Eve to all of you. This episode, I'm going to cover the top 25 car sales at a public auction for 2020. Kind of like looking back in the year and kind of do a little quick recap. Now, before we do that, I'd like to provide all of you with a few updates. There's a lot of stuff that's been going on, and I haven't been able to talk about it on each of these podcasts. I feel like I should provide more updates to all of you on a consistent basis versus just getting into the podcast. So I'll see if I can do that a little bit more in the future. First of all, thank you for listening all year, and a special shout-out to my Scandinavian friends, especially to Denmark. Apparently, I was the number one automotive podcast there a few weeks ago, so I really appreciate you listening. Now, I'm really looking forward to diving in deeper into collector cars in 2021. Many of you have stated that one thing that separates my podcast from others is digging into the data and not just having the same guests on that are on other podcasts. So I really appreciate the feedback, and you will see we will be getting deeper into the numbers in 2021. Now, next week, I will have our very first, quote-unquote, Your Cars, Your Podcast episode where I appraise your cars based on recent market trends. So thank you to those of you who have sent in your cars with some cool pictures and descriptions. I apologize. It's taken about two months longer to get this out than I thought it would, but it will be coming out here soon. Now, I plan on releasing one of these every quarter, so if you would like for me to review your car, please send me some pictures and a description to gstanley.com at rmsothebees.com. That's G-S-T-A-N-L-E-Y at R-M-S-O-T-H-E-B-Y-S.com. Now, this is just for fun, and you'll hear I have a lot of qualifiers at the beginning of the episode, so be sure to listen in next week because I'm not there in person. I don't have my flashlight and all my data to really dig into the cars. It's more of a ballpark number. Now, I cannot review all the cars that are submitted but I will pick a handful of them that have some interesting data based on the current collector market trends. So now for this first episode, we have some really cool cars. We have a BMW Z8, a Saab Sonnet, a 1978 Mercedes 280E, a 1967 Mustang Hot Rod, and a 1970 Corvette ZR1. Very rare and very cool. Now my next update is that I will start live streaming soon with select podcast episodes across Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitch. I'm most active on Instagram, so if you want to reach me directly, that's the best avenue at the Collector Car Podcast. But when I do a live stream, it will go out across all those platforms at one time. I hope to begin live streaming with this very podcast, but technical gremlins have postponed the launch for a few weeks. I've been to Micro Center like 20 times in the last two weeks trying to get this stuff figured out. Now, I will live stream the episodes on a Monday or Tuesday, so you could catch them Monday or Tuesday night, and then I will release the edited audio-only version for the Thursday podcast posting. So if you've subscribed to this podcast, you will not miss anything, but if you want to see an unedited version, (laughs) you can see what my office looks like. 
You can see me have verbal diarrhea at times that gets cleaned up in post-production. Uh, you'll be able to see my guests as I live stream with them. You'll also be able to see any data charts, Excel spreadsheets, pictures of the cars I'm talking about. You'll want to check out the live stream. Now, I will have a countdown. I haven't figured this out yet, but I think it will be on Instagram, on my Instagram stories. I will have a countdown that counts down to when I will start live streaming, and you will be able to interact with me directly. So if you do want to interact, if you want to ask me some questions, if I'm highlighting your car in particular and you want to call out some more fun facts while I'm doing it, uh, be sure to check out the live stream when it occurs. Now, I will also be live streaming at select Concor events around the country in 2021. If you or someone you know has a Concor event and would like me to live stream, just shoot me a note again at gstanley at rmsothebees.com. So what is this like? Well, basically, I'm live streaming so that the folks that cannot be there in person feel like they are there in person. So I will be live streaming at the Cincinnati Concourse Elegance in June and at the Pinehurst Motoring Festival. Now, what this will look like is I will have cameras set up so that you will see the cars approaching the awards stage. I will talk about them. Think about color commentary at a baseball game. I will talk about the cars as they approach, and hopefully you'll be able to hear the exhaust note as they leave. So like I said before, just reach out to me directly if you have uh, some opportunities for live streaming in your area. Now, a quick thank you to Phil Arnold of Detailing Classics out of Fernandina Beach, Florida. I grew up in Jacksonville, just not that far away. Uh, he's been a longtime Patreon supporter. Now, I've never mentioned this before, but if you like what you hear and would like to support this podcast financially, you can just go to patreon.com and search for the Collector Car Podcast. It's kind of cool. You can set up you know, a one-time payment, a monthly, three bucks, or whatever, uh, and I'll give you a shout-out when I can. So Phil's been very supportive in the past, and you can check out Phil and his detailing business, which is near Amelia Island. For all of you Amelia Island folks that want to get your cars looking great for the Concours, you can check him out at his Instagram feed at Phil underscore Arnold underscore detailing classics. All right. So I've done a lot of talking. I haven't talked about many cars yet. I will say most of this information, the descriptors provided are from the auction house descriptions or they're from classic-car-auctions.info, a nice little site that actually recapped some of the cars that have been the top sellers of the year. And I have gone through all the major auction houses to make sure I have the most up-to-date information globally as of about uh, one week ago. So here we go. We are going to count down the top 25 cars that have been sold in 2020. So number 25 is a 196, I'm sorry, 1955 Cooper Jaguar T38 Mark II. Now this is the second of a mere three examples built of this unique Cooper design powered by Jaguar's racing-specific XK engine. The highly authentic Cooper Jaguar saw six victories at Goodwood and Silverstone in the 1956 and 1957 seasons, and today has been recommissioned by marquee specialists for recent participation in prestigious international events. Now this car sold for $1.765 million at RM Sotheby's Elkhart sale. This is a beautiful car. The metal work on it was really outstanding. Uh, you can go to my Instagram feed, Instagram, uh, the Collector Car Podcast on Instagram to see some pictures. Now, the next one, our number 24 car, is a 19, also from the Elkhart sale, a 1957 Jaguar XKSS reproduction. Now, this sold for almost $2 million, $1,985,000. Now, this is believed to be the first example offered publicly, one of nine examples produced of the recommissioned reproduction Jaguar XKSSs. 
Number 23 is a 1953 Fiat 8V Supersonic by Ghia. This sold for just a little bit over $2 million. Again, RM Sotheby's Elkhart sale. Let's see. With a 1 of 15 1953 Fiat 8V Supersonics, originally delivered to famed General Motors designer Henry S. Laver. Lavier. Okay. Number 22, a 2012, a newer car, but not the newest car in this list. A Bugatti Veyron 16.4 Super Sport sold for just over $2 million, $2,080,000. And Bonhams at their Switzerland sale, one of 48 produced and featuring a full exposed carbon fiber body. Now that carbon fiber body, I believe, I just heard this on, I think, a Jay Leno podcast or Jay Leno YouTube channel. I think the carbon fiber bare body was like a $300,000 option. Because when the carbon fiber is painted, you don't have to worry about if the weaves line up correctly and are aligned correctly. But if you have a carbon fiber body without paint, every single panel has to be done custom so that it aligns with all the other panels, which is why it's so crazy and insane expensive. Probably one of the most expensive options out there on any car ever. All right, a number 21 car is a newer car, a 2014 Bugatti Veyron 16.4 Grand Sport Mayo Constantini. That's one of three limited edition versions with only 400 miles under its wheel. So I'm not quite sure the specifics of that limited edition version, but it must be something very special. All right, number 20 is a 1963 Ferrari 250 GT Lusso. That sold at Bonhams in Belgium for $2.18 million. And unfortunately, I do not have any notes on that one. So I'm sure it's a wonderful, fabulous car. Number 19 is a 1959 Porsche 718 RSK Spider. Sold just over $2.2 million Bonham at the Quail auction. Now, Porsche's giant killing sports car racer and one of only 34 made had been campaigned by Bob Holbert, a driver synonymous with Porsche racing in the U.S., the car's provenance struck a chord with U.S. buyers, one who paid out $2.2 million. That's a whole lot of money. That's interesting because the previous RSK Spiders typically sold for $2.8 to $3.5 million. So you're seeing a big hit in the price on those RSK Spiders. Okay, number 18, the 1985 Ferrari 288 GTO. So this is when the GTO nameplate came out again uh, after the iconic ones from the 1960s. This one sold at RM Sotheby Shift Monterey only, only sale for $2.3 million. And I believe at the time of the sale, it was a record price for a car selling on an online auction. So enjoyed by a mere three caretakers throughout its life, the 288 GTO was originally delivered to well-known Ferrari collector Harman Ibing, optioned with factory air conditioning and power windows. Now you can go to armsotheby's.com, look up the results of Schiff Monterey, and you'll see, I believe it was Donnie Gold, one of the car specialists, drive this car pretty hard in a video, which is really cool to see. Typically these sell for 3.3 to $3.5 million. This one was 2.3 because honestly it was a high mileage 288 GTO. I believe it had around 30,000 miles on it, which doesn't sound a lot, but in the world of Ferrari, that is a lot of miles. All right, the next one's a 1959 BMW 507 Roadster. Beautiful, gorgeous BMW. This one sold at Bonham's sale in Belgium 
and is sold new to HRH Prince Costini II of Greece, and it's sold at this auction for $2.44 million. Our 16th car is a 2003 Ferrari Enzo. This one sold for $2.64 million at RM Sotheby's Schiff Monterey. And like I said before, the Ferrari 288 GTO was a world record price at that time. And it was quickly eclipsed by the sale of this Ferrari Enzo during the same sale a little later in time as a world record price for an online sale. An exceptional as new example of Marinello's defining millennial hypercar it was offered at auction from just two California-based owners having resided with its first owner's collection until 2018. Regularly serviced and used sparingly, it goes to, to its next caretaker in outstanding condition showing just 1,250 original miles, an option with the very rare two-tone racing seats with red 3D cloth inserts. I don't know what that option cost, but I'm sure it was quite a bit. All right, our 15th car in this list is a 1952 Ferrari 225S Berlinetta. This one sold at RM Sotheby's Elkhart sale for $2.8 million. I was there and I saw this car, and it was a much smaller car than I thought it would be. And it was a gorgeous car, really, really nice car. The fifth of an estimated 21 examples built, the 225S was highly competitive in period, having finished second overall at the 1952 12 Hours of Casablanca, fourth overall at the 1952 Monaco Grand Prix, and 10th overall at the 1952 Millie Millie, among other events. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I think I am. If I'm not, please correct me. All right, number 14 is a 1907 Renault Type A1 35-45 horsepower Vanderbilt racer. Unfortunately, I don't have any notes on this car, but it sold at Bonham's Amelia Island, for $3.3 million. So we're really getting up into the high-dollar cars, and we haven't even hit the top 10 yet. Okay, number 13, 1968. Well, this is iconic. This is a car that I tried to find like 10 years ago. If you've listened to me at all over the years, you know that I love Mustangs. I'm a Mustang Club, concourse-driven judge. My first car I ever bought with my own money was a 1968 Mustang Coupe, six-cylinder, three-speed, no options. I didn't know at the time, but it didn't have an engine. My cousin forgot to tell me about that. But we got an engine for 250 bucks and put it in there, and I drove that for a year. I just knew the first car I ever owned would have to be a Mustang. So the 13th car on our list is the 1968 Ford Mustang GT Bullet Mustang. That's the famous fastback from the Steve McQueen movie. And like I said, I tried to find this uh probably about 10 years ago when i heard it was in a barn in kentucky turns out it wasn't a barn it was a garage i think in new jersey and that sold at mecham Kissimmee for 3.74 million dollars after the production of the movie the mustang was sold on without premium it was in the possession of the kiernan family since 1974 the mustang was used as a daily driver but was garaged since 1980 the mustang was around 60 has around 65,000 miles on the clock and although running is in a rusty condition. It really looks really, really rough. Uh, but what do you do? You don't want to restore it because then it loses all of the McQueen factor. You could always restore everything except the front seat, the steering wheel, and the shifter knob, and the door handle because those are the things he actually touched. <laughs> so that would be my advice. All right, number 12. Again, another iconic Mustang. The 1965 Shelby GT350 prototype R model. This one sold at Mecham, Indianapolis. I was there. Go to Instagram. You can see the pictures of this car. And it sold for 
million. The 1965 Shelby GT350R competition model chassis 5R002, the flying Mustang, because there's a famous iconic picture of it with all four wheels off the ground from a race in period, became the most expensive Mustang ever when it sold for what I just told you in the Mecham sale. All right, this car was the first of 36 competition GT350Rs built. This 1965 model was piloted by the legendary Ken Miles at Green Valley Raceway on February 14, 1965. This marked the first time any Shelby Mustang was entered into a sanctionized competitive event. It was the first Mustang, Shelby Mustang, to, to race and win. It is also considered the most winningest Mustang of all time. Is that correct? The most winningest Mustang. Oh, well. Anyways, iconic, great car. Our models are unbelievable to begin with. Only one or two have ever cracked the million-dollar mark, and this one brought 3.85, which is just really insane. I'm sure the Ford versus Ferrari helped out quite a bit, so great timing from a selling perspective. Uh, but I, I, don't, I don't know that it would be repeatable, but uh, quite the car. All right, number 11 is a 1955 Aston Martin DB3S sold at Gooding, London for $4 million, just a little over $4 million. The rare 1955 Aston Martin DB3S sold, uh, I just told you that. It was ordered new by the Kangaroo Stable, an Australian racing team led by Dave McKay and Tony Gaze. As the team's lead car, Chassis 102 raced around the world at various comp- competitions up until 1960, so long track record. More notably, this DBS3 set a new Australian land speed record in 1957, averaging 143.19 miles per hour. So that's kind of cool. Those are just really pretty cars. Not as pretty as the DB5s, but they're pretty close. All right, number 10. We're in the top 10 here. A 1971 Lamborghini Miura P400 SV Special. Now, this one sold at Gooding's London sale and achieved almost $4.3 million, which is an insane amount of money for a Mura. Now, why did it bring this much? All right, here we go. This was nearly double previous prices paid for a Mura. The Mura was one of only 150 P400 SV versions built, so it's a high-dollar car to begin with. It was made to special order for the devote customer of French industrialist Jacques blah, 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 with specific mechanical requirements for his engine, the experimental dry sump lubrication, and a ZF limited slip differential. So not only is it an SV, it has this one-off powertrain and transmission differential. So pretty rare, pretty cool, uh, which explains the price. All right, number nine, 2001 Ferrari 550 GTI Pro Drive sold at RM Sotheby's Schiff Monterey online-only sale for $4.3 million. So we've already had two records of online sales. The same sale, this one took the record that stands until today for the highest price ever paid for a car online at almost $4.3 million. The 2001 Ferrari 550 GT1 ProDrive was the second of only 12 built by ProDrive for care racing development. The Ferrari was campaigned by BMS Scudiera Italia and amassed 14 victories in its division as well as racing its way to a class victory at the 24 Hours of Spa in 2003, and more importantly, overall winner of the 2004 24 Hours of Spa and the 2004 FIA GT Championship. The car retains its 2004 Spa-winning engine, so it's basically the iconic car that just killed everybody that year. 
So that's why I went for such big money. Unrepeatable. Number eight, number seven, and number six. These are three cars that were sold as one lot. This is the Alfa Romeo concept cars, the bat cars, number five, seven, and nine. Now, if you just divide by three, each one sold for just under $5 million each, which hints for all three was just under $15 million for all three as a lot. Ironically, the 1953 car is the number five car. The 1954 car is the seven car. And the 1955 car is the nine car. These are the Alfa Romeo bat cars, Berlina, Aerodynamica, Technica. That's kind of what it stands for, B-A-T. And they sold as a single lot at R.M. Sotheby's Contemporary Art Evening Auction in New York. These three spectacular design studies were on a fairly modest Alfa Romeo road car chassis and were never shown together in period. The consigner purchased the cars individually, and the first time they were ever seen together was at Pebble Beach in 1989. Now, apparently, I've never seen them in person. I've never driven them, never sat in them. But they they drive just like regular four-door Alfas, but they have these amazing two-door incredible bodies on them. So they don't quite perform like they look, but it was a an incredible styling design exercise. Okay, now we're down to number five. The 1931 Bugatti Type 55 two-seat Supersport sold at Bonhams in Paris for just over $5 million. Now, I'll just give you a heads up right now. If you're not a Bugatti person, you probably don't want to listen to the rest of this list because they're all Bugattis. <laughs> all right. Oh, yeah, spoiler. This Bugatti Type 55 was originally a works racing car campaigned at the 1932 24 Hours of Le Mans. The subsequent owner had the unique two-seat body fitted. The Bugatti retains this bodywork and was sold from over six decades of single-family ownership. All right, number four, 1928 Bugatti Type 35C Grand Prix. This one sold at Gooding London Sale for just over $5.2 million. This one set a new model record for any Type 35 version. It was originally built as a factory works car for the 1928 Targa Florio. It was driven by its first owner to an overall win in its first race, and later this Type 35C raced in Grand Prix events throughout Europe. This Bugatti has been carefully preserved in unrestored condition with just four owners since 1932. All right, number three, 1932 Bugatti Type 55 Super Sport Roadster. It sold at Bonhams, Amelia Island. For $7.1 million. Now, this one had factory bodywork designed by Jean Bugatti. Bugatti produced only 38 Type 55 Super Sport chassis. Only 11 of the 14 fitted with the Jean Bugatti Roadster bodywork survived. So 14 survived, 11 have the Bugatti bodywork. All right, got it. This Type 55's first owner was Victor Rothschild, the later third Baron Rothschild. It was sold at Amelia Island from the estate of Dean S. Edmonds Jr. He bought this Bugatti for 440,000 pounds in 1985, at the time the most expensive car ever sold in Britain. Under his ownership, the Bugatti was restored and won first class at Pebble Beach in 1993. Two more to go. 1937 Bugatti Type 57 S Alante sold at Gooding's London sale for just over $10.4 million. This was only the third Bugatti to ever have achieved more than $10 million at auction. It set a new model record for any Type 57 version. This well-documented 1937 Bugatti Type 57S Alante was delivered new to famed British racing driver and Bugatti enthusiast Earl Howell. It is one of only 17 fitted with Jean Bugatti's sensational Alante coachwork. 
I said Alantique earlier. That's not correct. It's Alante. It's not the Alantique. Those are even rarer from my understanding. I'm not a Bugatti expert. All right. Number one, 1934 Bugatti Type 59 Sport Goodings London Sale. This one sold for over $12.6 million. Wow. The 1934 Bugatti Type 59 Sport was originally part of the Bugatti Works Grand Prix team and achieved an outright win at the Belgium Grand Prix at Spa as well as a third-place finish at the Monaco Grand Prix. It was subsequently developed by the factory for sports car events. This Bugatti has been driven by some of the most famous and accomplished names in the era. It was sold to King Leopold of Belgium in 1937 and is an original unrestored car. All right, well, that's why it sold for $12 million, or over $12 million. Anyways, that is the list of the top 25 cars that have sold in 2020. If I got any wrong, if I missed any, please let me know. I love having feedback from my listeners. And as I said before, I appreciate all of you listening in 2020 and look forward to sharing more car journeys with you in 2021. So as always, keep your tires straight, eyes on the road, and I will talk to all of you next week and have a happy holiday and happy new years. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.